Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. And this is going to be an exciting episode because we have interviewed this lady before. And guess what? She is still doing deals, <laughs> still doing a lot of them. And I think, Kathy, it might have been about two years since we talked last. It feels like maybe it's been a year. I don't know, Kathy. Do you know? Two years ago. Two years. Two years. Wow. And you know what else? Um, I'm trying to remember if I was even, I might have been in Prague at the same time that we did this interview last time. And I'm in Prague again. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Make sure you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com to get our Fast Cash Survival Kit, listen to all of our previous episodes, and listen to the episode we did before with Kathy. And I'm going to pull up that episode here in a minute. But um, you can also get transcriptions of all of our podcasts. You can get um, a lot of bonus um, actually, it's episode 31. April 2012 is when we released it. Wow, so it was three years ago. Yeah, because I was in Prague. <laughs> and so, <laughs> this, guys, this has been one of our most popular podcasts ever. And it was episode 31. We were talking about direct mail with Kathy. And uh, guess what we're going to be talking about again? We're going to be talking about direct mail because, Kathy, it still works, doesn't it? Oh, Yes, sir. Better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm excited about this episode. We're going to just ask Kathy for an update. We're going to be talking about what is going on in her business. Uh, she's still doing deals, doing a lot of them down in Florida. She's got students that are doing a lot of deals. And um, ever since then, I've not slowed down at all with my direct mail. We've been still doing direct mail, still getting a lot of calls. So this is going to be a really good episode. I'm looking forward to it. But again, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes, to listen to episode 31 that we have, of the interview that we did before with Kathy. And I just want to ask you one more thing, guys. Uh, please leave us a review in iTunes. If you go to iTunes, if you like the show, please subscribe and let us know that you like it. We get a lot of good reviews on there. I was just looking earlier this morning. We have 274 five-star reviews in iTunes. Now, that's not as much as some guys like the bigger pockets guys. I think they have over a couple thousand, I'm not sure, something ridiculous, something crazy like that. But we have still a ton of really good reviews. And I wanted to read a few of the most recent ones here and just to give a shout out to you guys. This is from a too cool a tool called Shinobi. I'm not sure if that's a name or not, but that's who it says here. Full of value, five stars. Great podcast that speaks volume and experience. One of the first real estate podcasts that I stumbled upon. After listening to your shows, I find it hard to listen to others. I tune in every time you guys have a new podcast out and re-listen to the others while waiting for new episodes. I enjoy the variety of guests and hearing their stories along with the wealth of knowledge that they bring. Keep it raining, real estate wisdom. I think it's going to be another one of those episodes where you guys are going to get a tremendous wealth of knowledge here. Uh, one more. From Slick428, home run, exclamation point, five stars. 
The REI Mastery Podcast is terrific. Joe and Alex bring a relaxed presence and carefully ensure that the guest interview is entertaining and chock full of good information. I especially like the sense of realness in delivering the ins and outs of REI, both the ups and downs. If I have any complaints, which I really don't, is that Joe, being from St. Louis, (laughs) is naturally a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Go Cardinals. Me, I'm sitting here in Southern California rooting for the Dodgers. <laughs> I hope to have an opportunity to meet these two guys in person, learning more from them, working on deals together, and maybe even enjoying a Dodger game together. Um, thank you so much, Slick428, and a tool called Shinobi. I appreciate the reviews. Guys, please, if you do like the show, leave us a review. Let us know that you like it in iTunes. Subscribe in iTunes, leave us a review. So good. Let's get into this. Uh, Kathy... Um, thanks. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Lots, lots of great things have happened in the last three years. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's been three years. Again, this is me one either. of our, it's one of our most popular episodes. Then the last time we talked, I remember I was in Prague. We were there for a couple months. We're back here again for three months. We're going Excellent. back to St. Louis in um, a month from now. But here's the crazy thing, Kathy. I'm still sending mail from Prague. I'm still sending direct mail from Prague. It's still getting the phone to ring. And we're still doing deals. And my number one lead source is direct mail. And I would assume that it's been three years. Are you still doing direct mail yourself? We are still doing a ton of direct mail. One of the very unique traits of direct mail, as you and I both know, is that it's a continuous source of incoming leads. It's a machine. Once you set your machine in place, no matter what your real estate market is doing, direct mail is going to continue to churn out more and more deals. And the longer you do it, the more deals you end up getting because your response rates start getting higher, your repetitive mailings start getting even more responses, and you start doing even more deals. So we've been doing a ton of deals. And I find not only in my area here in Florida, but throughout the United States, I have a lot of coaching students that I work with. Um, on a weekly basis, so I hear from them all the time, and they're just getting amazing results from their direct mail as well. You know, I, I can hear people sometimes complaining about direct mail, Kathy, because they're worried about competition. They're worried about, um, there's a lot of people doing it in my market. Uh, I, I sent out 500 postcards, or I sent out 2,000 letters, or whatever, and I didn't get a deal. It doesn't work. What have you found to be the key, Kathy, on why direct mail works? So well. Okay, and I love this question. It's my favorite question of all. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. one, of the, one of the reasons that my direct mail works so well, as you know, is that the letters that we use are unique to each individual type of seller that we're trying to reach. So we're not sending a generic letter to everybody. Each letter that we send individually targets that particular type of seller's situation. That's number one. Number two, we use very specific lists and very specific list brokers to target specific types of sellers. And then within each list, we also use very specific parameters to really hone in on very specific kinds of sellers that we're trying to reach. And that causes our response rate to get really high. The other thing that that you know, Joe, that I do that's very different from a lot of other folks that are doing direct mail is, number one, we do letters. 
And within the body of that letter is a response mechanism that allows the seller to give me all the information I need in order to determine whether or not there's a deal there. So I'm not dealing with all, all the junk. I'm not getting all the, you know, the responses of, you know, don't ever mail to me again. I mean, we get a few, but we don't get a lot. So most of the sellers that I am getting response from, first of all, most of them don't pick up a phone and call me. Most of them respond to me by email, fax, or by snail mail. You know, they mail me their, their responses. And when I get responses from sellers, not only do I have the information I need, but they also include photographs of the properties for me. This is so, so crazy. <laughs> exactly. I remember so you talking about that, this. Yeah. So we know that we're dealing with really motivated sellers instead of, you know, just sending out a generic postcard or a generic letter that says, hey, I want to buy your house or whatever. What I'm doing is very, very niched and very targeted and very specific. And I give my my students and myself a variety of different kinds of sellers. So depending on what kind of deals I want in my business or what deals you want in your business, you can target very specific mail campaigns to bring you exactly what you're looking for. And it works really now, well. <laughs> I, I remember you talking about this before, Kathy, and I have to admit, I'm still sending generic mail to all the mainly just absentee owners and uh I'm st- here's the beautiful thing about direct mail even though you may not do it exactly right or you may not do it the best way it still works right and at least you're doing something yes i think there's a lot of keys to it as well i think the biggest key is consistency right you're just consistently doing it you're consistently filling your pipeline with leads right. And the thing that's important about that, Joe, is whether or n- whether you're a beginner investor or whether you're a seasoned investor, you need to have between three and five different direct, uh, different uh, targeted marketing in place at all times, and one of those has to be direct mail. The other thing that's unique about direct mail is you can mail out as many or as few as what's comfortable for you. So if you're working, you know, you know with my direct mail campaign, you're going to get a very high response rate. So if you're still working a full-time job, for example, and you can't respond to those sellers, then you want to, you don't want to mail out a thousand pieces in a month because you're not going to be able to respond, you're not going to be able to handle the responses from that mailing. So this gives you the opportunity to mail out as few or as many as you feel comfortable with, and you're still going to have deals coming in. Um, yeah. To, to, to speak to the question that you just asked, um, yeah, absolutely. And you have, you've got to be consistent in whatever kind of marketing you're doing. You can tune it up or tune it back, but you have to be consistent. I think one of the, the, the real important keys to this too, and you mentioned it with, if you're somebody's really busy, the beautiful thing about direct mail is you can actually target specific homes that you want to buy. You can target three bedroom homes. You can target homes that have a garage, uh, maybe or wood frame or block construction or built between a certain time period or not built before a certain year. So uh, direct mail allows you to be very, very specific on the type of house, the neighborhood, the type of seller and things like that. Exactly. And I think um, that's important for people to think about. The um, I wanted to ask you about f- focusing your direct mail in targeted areas. Are you more interested, Kathy? Do you go... Do you try to go a mile wide and an inch deep, or you, are you trying to be an, an inch wide and a mile deep when you're targeting sellers with your direct mail and, and, the, and the geographical area that you're trying to do deals in? 
Well, for me, um, we do deals all over Florida, and I try to keep it within Florida so I can kind of keep my hands tightly on my deals. Um, what I'm doing these days, and, and you can target my direct mail campaigns to bring you whatever type of deal that you need. So if you need to wholesale deals because you need money like you need oxygen, you can absolutely do that. If you're somebody who's a keeper kind of a person, uh, you know, and you want to, you know, gain equity for your business, you can absolutely do that. So you can target my direct mail campaigns to bring you exactly what you're looking for in your own business. For me lately, what we've been doing primarily is um, buy, fix, and flip, and then buy and hold. And hold for us might mean rentals. It might mean lease options. It might mean work for equity. Um, so we have, you know, a little bit of variety in, in what we do in our business. We primarily love single-family homes, but we do do, you know, the, the mobile homes here in Florida. We do vacant land in a couple of different areas in Florida. That's a, that's a whole podcast for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and we do, we do multifamilies. But our primary um, field of expertise that we really love is the single-family homes. And so we try to keep that within an hour. Um, you know, so basically if you, if you took a piece, piece of string and, you know, and, and you put an hour all the way around you know, in, in a circle, that's kind of the area that we cover. And the reason that we do that is because we have awesome crews. Our crews go in, they fix it up, and then we do whatever we're going to do with it, whether we're going to keep it, fix it, you know, fix, flip it, or... Um, or hold on to it. So we really like to work within about an hour parameter um, of of where our offices are. However, in the northern Florida area, we own a lot of vacant land because I don't have to keep like an eye on that as much as you would, you know, your single family homes and so forth. So we try to keep it local, but yet with my direct mail campaigns, just like you're doing, you're in Prague and you're doing deals in the U.S., correct? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So... I have other, like, I have students in Canada who are doing deals in the U.S. So that's the other thing that's really cool and unique about My Direct Mail is we have the list brokers to work with you, to provide you, and we have companies that will do all the mailings for you. Yeah. Um, and we've actually added new companies since I talked to you last. So now if you want 50 letters a week done by one of our companies, they'll do that for you as well. So we give you a variety of ways to get the work done, whether you want to do it yourself or hire it out. Nice. Um, and we give you a variety of different ways to get that accomplished as well. Okay, good, good. Um, I got a lot of questions that I want to ask you, Kathy. Let's, let's kind of go back to the I – mean, we already talked about why direct mail because it works, number one, right? Um, I want to ask you, like, can you get more details about the lists that you like to send to? Um, do you get the list yourself? Do you use a list broker? What, what, are, your, what are some of your favorite lists? Okay. Some of the favorite target prospects that I like to um, work with are out-of-state owners, um, quick-claim deeds and estates. Here lately, we're buying an awful lot of, st of estates, but you have to remember, I live in Florida. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we're like the senior capital of the world kind of thing. Um, I like working with expired listings, and those lists, of course, come from realtors. We work in the pre-foreclosure market. I work in multifamily properties, vacant houses, of course, because those are free leads. We work a lot with attorneys who bring us leads. Um, military transfers are awesome. We work with the for sale by owner properties, um, senior homeowners, zip code mailers, um, getting the deeds. So there's a lot of different types of sellers that we work with. And there are a lot of ways for our folks to get the list. Um, I get the list sometimes from my property appraiser's office. They will just simply, you know, 
create the list exactly the way I, I give them the parameters to create it. Um, we work with specific list brokers, and I have list brokers all over the country who will provide the lists for our students no matter where they live and no matter which direct campaign they, which direct mail campaign they want to do. So that's really easy. Um, vacant houses, we pick up vacant houses like every single day. We have uh, list brokers that will actually provide those, and we have a list broker who sends me the local for sale by owners every single day. So that's really cool. Um, so those I have on hand, but anytime we're driving anywhere, we're looking for vacant houses and acquiring those as well. Um, as a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, we, we went driving for dollars because I'm always out there testing what I'm teaching, and we found um, five possibilities in the higher dollar houses and more luxury houses, and two of those have turned out to be possible deals, and I'm working on both of those. Um, so there's a lot of different types of sellers that I like to target, and I like to target them for different reasons because, you know, some make better keeper proper, you know, properties, some make better flips, some make better wholesales, uh, like vacants, for example, are awesome wholesales usually. Yeah. Um, and, and, and when my students are working with me, I, I kind of explain to them how to do all that um, and how to create these lists and, and do these mailings because they're just so good. They're so successful. Um, and the sellers are just awesome. Good. Um, now, talk about um, what you're sending them. You mentioned before you're sending a letter. Are you, and, and you, you include, well, first of all, let me ask, are, are you sending postcards at all or is it just letters? We only send postcards to acquire uh, buyers, to just, just to build our buyers list. Um, and I will occasionally send a postcard if I'm testing a new list. But okay. other than that, we are sending letters. And are you sending handwritten yellow letters or are you sending typed letters with you know the uh the the, the uh business logo and f address on the top more professional looking letters they are more professional looking letters they are typed um we don't use a business name except for like multifamily and and stuff like that but the out-of-state owners quick claim deeds the estates um the expired listings we use our personal name and address the letter is typed um, when we're doing repetitive mailings, we repeat the same letter each time. And, Joe, we have tested the fire out of this. And uh -huh. what we find is if we change the letter, the seller forgets that it's the same person. And what I want them to understand is that it's the same person sending them residual mailings because you're creating that relationship with that seller. You're, creation, you're creating credibility with the seller. And within the body of the letter, we target the seller's exact situation. We, you know, we tell them how we can help them and so forth, and then we build that response mechanism in there, and we tell the seller exactly what it is we want them to do because if you don't tell your seller what you want them to do, they're not going to do anything. Um, we also tell them within the body of the letter, to, you know, if, if, if you're not ready to sell right now, please hold on to my letter. And they do. I mean, yeah. we get responses, Joe, three, six you know, 10 a year out. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I got, we just bought a house three months ago from a guy. Um, and of course, it was a gentleman that we had written a letter to a year ago, responded to our mailing. He wasn't able to, we just couldn't get it together at that time. He, he couldn't decide what price he wanted or if he really wanted to sell. Um, and we put him in our follow-up file. So he was getting follow-ups from us. And three months ago, we bought that house. So how often do you send a letter to your lists? We, it varies. 
it depends on which direct mail campaign we're doing and which letter that we're doing, but it, um, at the least every 30 days and at the most every 90 days. So good. But each, each direct mail campaign varies a little bit. So you'll, you'll hit them up every, depending on the list, every one to three months, right? Correct. Yep. And then how many times will you mail them? We mail them at least for a year. Um, if they have not initially responded to a mailing that we've done, we mail them at least for a year. There was a particular piece of property that I really, really wanted. And so I started um, writing this gentleman every single month. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 and I started, and, five, and after about eight or nine months, he responded to me. He's like, all right, I'll sell it to you. You know, nice. and that's what you want. So when it's a house, like I have a separate list for homes that like I really want kind of thing. And, and those go out every 30 days for sure. Okay. So you're sending typed letters, and sometimes you put your business name on top, sometimes you don't. But they, you get, they have your personal name on it. It's typed. Um, are you, what Are you hand-addressing the envelope with a live stamp? The, en- the envelope is hand-addressed, and it is ha- it is, it's got a stamp on it. Um, what, and again, we've tested this and tested this. If you use, um, you know, like bulk rate mailings, well, bulk, bulk mailings obviously are going to get thrown away. Um, but if you use metered mail, they also see that as an advertisement. So we always put a live stamp on there, always hand addressed um, okay. when they when they go out. And and what we find, Joe, is it doesn't seem to matter if the letter is handwritten or not. And one of the reasons that we type, we do the letter typewritten as opposed to handwritten, is that there's a lot of you know you're you're dealing with older folks. So we want the letter like really clean and easy to read. You know, some people's handwriting isn't all that great, and then they're sending out letters that people can't read, and that's not a good thing. Um, So we do it typewritten. We do it in a good font that's kind of easy to read, you know, a real plain font, nothing fancy. Um, And it seems we've tested, again, I've been doing this for 17 years. We test constantly. And what we find is that it doesn't matter whether it's handwritten or typed. It matters what the message is. And if you're giving that seller the message they need at the time they need it, they're going to respond to your letter, and you're going to do the deal. Excellent. You mentioned before you have to tell them what to do. You have a real unique way of doing that in these letters, Kathy. Can you talk a little bit more about what you include at the bottom of these letters? I do. Um, what I basically do, and, and actually we, we do it perforated, so, we, you know, like we, we put the lines, it's not perforated, but we put like the little lines in there when my letters are produced, and so they'll actually take that piece off and like send it back to us. Um, and basically it tells them what to do. Um, you know, if you're not ready to sell right now, please hold on to my letter, you know, and, and get with us at a future date. Um, here's the information that I would like to have from you, and I tell them all the information. If you have them available, please send some photographs. That makes it easier for us to tell um, from the beginning, you know, whether you know um, what, what your home might look like without disturbing you and having to come out and look at it, or if you have a tenant in the property. And all of this is, you know, right nicely and professionally written in the letter. And so yeah. we explain to them exactly what we want them to do, and they respond. Even when they call, it's really funny because. Every now and then someone will call instead of mailing it. Okay, so you wanted to know this. Um, okay, and, and you wanted to know that. And you could hear it in the messages. And I've actually started to record those to bring them out to live events that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, most people, and this is what I do, I just have them call a phone number. And it usually goes either to voicemail or I, lately, in the last six months or so, I've been having somebody live answer the calls. But I've always done, or if I thought... You know, always just give them one option, you know, call me or listen to this 24-hour recorded voicemail. Um, and so, but you give them 
multiple options. You you we you do. have them fax or email or visit your website or mail this perforated thing back to you. Um, is that right? Yes, and the reason that we do that is purposeful. The more ways you give a seller to contact you, the more of them are going to because you're going to reach them at their comfort level, whatever that might be. I work with a ton of sellers who don't have computers, so they're mm-hmm. not emailing me. They're not going to send me emails back. They're not looking at my website. So that cuts out you know, 30% of the total sellers I, I work with, and, and I, I hear your people falling off their chairs. Yeah. Um, again, we test and test and test, and I'm working with, in, in part of my mailings, I'm working with a more senior kind of market. They don't have computers. The gentleman that we bought the house from three months ago, he's my age. I'm in my 50s. He doesn't have a computer. Couldn't be bothered. Okay, so he responded yeah. to a letter that he got from me. And so we gave him the option to respond to us by telephone, by mail, by fax, um, by email, and the website. Or he could call. So he had all these different options. So he picked the option that was the most comfortable for him. So the more ways you give a seller to contact you, the more of them are going to. So what percent would you say do each of those things, Kathy? Like what percent would call you? What percent would send you the perforated thing back in the mail? Okay, 10% call Wow, is all. I don't want them calling me, Joe. <laughs> and the reason I don't want them calling me is because I want the information in front of me before I have the conversation. So if they send me the information about the property and I've got everything I need, I have the photographs, then I can go in, do my research, and go, whoa, this is a deal, and call that person right away. And then, or go, oh, they're out of their minds. You know, so I've got the option as to whether or not I'm going to contact that person. So probably 10% by phone. Um, by email, probably 25% or so. By mail, 50%. Over half are coming in by mail. Now, some people are going to say, well, Kathy, you're in Florida. There's a lot of elderly people there. And that's why you're, those numbers are skewed that way. Is that true? Or how would you answer it that? Is, it's somewhat true. My students are finding... Um, Probably a little bit higher. Uh, some phone, the phone calls are a little bit higher. Okay. Um, although, and, and also the email numbers are higher with my students. So they're getting, I'm getting more snail mail. My students are getting more email. Okay. Um, they're still getting only about 10% of the call, about a 10% call rate. And that's because we really, we really hone them to contact us more by fax, email, or mail because I want to have the information in front of me. I don't want them to pick up a call, you know, a phone and, and call me. And for me, that's kind of a cold call. So I'd rather have the information right in front of me. Okay. Um, I'm working with a student in Seattle right now, and he's, set, he's sending me probably a half a dozen to, to ten emails every week that he's getting. You know, he's, from his responses, he's calling out the most highly motivated sellers, sending those over to me as his coach to take a look at, and then he and I figure out what offers we're going to make. And so that's Seattle. Um, you know, and that's a completely different market than yeah, I'm in. Sure. Um, you know, even dollar, dollars of houses are completely different in Seattle than they are in Florida. So um, the, primarily it's email and mail. Okay, it's interesting. The way the rest, yeah, and only about 10% of phone calls, and that seems to be throughout the U.S., throughout my student base. Now, it's definitely worth testing. You know, if some of you guys listening to this don't believe Kathy, well, just test it. Right, because you you should be mailing something to these folks every thirty to ninety days, right? So Absolutely. one month, send them a postcard. The next time, send them a 
handwritten yellow letter. The next time, send them a professional typed looking letter. Um, test it, test it, test it. And you'll find that maybe certain different lists or certain demographics respond better to one or the other. But it's definitely worth the shot. Now, I've always been of the, the mind or the opinion that I, it's important to get them on the phone as quickly as possible. But you, you try to filter them out a little faster than that, then it sounds like. I do. And, and because, because my business is so honed and everything is so automated, I don't have time for time wasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, want, I want everything. Pre- I mean, when you've got your responses coming in pre-screened already, that takes a whole other obstacle out of the equation, especially for the folks that we're talking to on this call that are, new, that are newbies, that are new folks. If they're getting these responses from my direct mail campaigns and they're already pre-screened, it makes it a whole lot easier for those folks to work with these sellers and to figure out what a deal, what a deal is and isn't. Um, so that's yeah. the other reason that, that I want them pre-screened because it takes a whole other obstacle and a whole other step out of that equation. Kathy, let's talk about your personal business then in Florida. Can you talk about your numbers? Like, you know, how many buy- houses are you buying a month? Um, how much direct mail are you sending a, a month? And um, like maybe, you know, how many letters are you sending to get a deal on average? Okay, we send about 1,100 deals, of, I'm sorry, 1,100 letters per month. And to be totally honest, we were trying to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in my late 50s now, and we've been kind of looking that way. Um, and, of course, everything is, is, is quite automated. Um, and, and like you, we actually took a month and went away in July, and it was the first time we'd actually done that in, in a long, long time. And they really don't need us that much. <laughs> wow. wow. I was really amazed how automated everything really is. They really didn't need us very much. Yeah, it's not that hard to automate. Um, but okay, no, good. No, it's not. You're it sending... and, uh, and so we're sending out about 1,100 pieces a month. And, of course, all of that's automated. Um, and, again, I have a variety of different ways to make that happen. In my own business, I have two people who have been working for me for a long time who do our direct mail campaigns. Um, so we have we show you how you can hire a person. We show you how you can hire a company to do that for you. Um, so we're, we're doing about 1,100 pieces a month. And, and originally, our, our target back in the earlier days, we were doing about 15 to 20 deals a month, and that was a lot. Um, and we were doing a lot. And so we decided to like, really cut back, you know, because I'm really looking more toward retirement. But that hasn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing, honestly, we're doing like three deals a week, two, two to three deals a week. This is craziness. Wow. Um, honestly, I got to tell you, Joe, I mean, you must know as well as I do right now, this is the best market there's ever been real estate wise. It's just, it's just been really, really awesome. Um, and we're doing a ton of deals and we're doing all kinds of deals and people are selling houses for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, some of it's death in the family. They've inherited a property, um, the expired listings, you know, they're tired of having people trouncing through their houses all the time, vacant properties. Um, you know, I work with a lot of attorneys and my attorneys bring me deals really regularly. And my attorneys actually bring me private lenders also because they know people that have money they need to invest. So that letter is particularly profitable for us. Um, so we're doing probably two to three deals a week right now, which wasn't Phenomenal. in my dreams. So, are, well, are you, now you said you're buying these homes. You, most of these are you are keeping, or or we. It depends on how the deal comes in. You know that the your exit plan is made at the time of purchase, so sure. it depends on how the deal comes in. 
Um, so we're doing, lately we're doing a lot more. I used to be, in the last several years, we were really keeper kind of people. And so I have a very, I've got a good sized rental lease option, work for equity type portfolio. Now that I'm getting older and we're really looking more toward like retirement, we're mixing it up. We're actually doing more buy, fix, and flip than we are keeping. But it depends on how the deal comes in and what, you know, we pick that exit strategy at the time the deal comes in. But we're really buying and selling a lot more now, which is very cool. Um, yeah. we, um, we put one, we sold one day before yesterday and we put one um, um, on the market yesterday. Um, so, you know, we're turning houses pretty quickly. Are you, how are you buying these homes? Are you using your own money or are you using private lenders? And how, uh, big are the, how big are the rehabs that you're doing? Okay, we're doing a variety of things. Sometimes we get the deed on the home, so we don't have to worry about financing. Okay. Sometimes the owners owner finance for us, and we have a specific mailing that is targeting folks who own their property free and clear without mortgages. So that's another way to find properties without having to worry about where you're going to get your financing from. I work with a lot of private lenders. Um, and so we do a lot of private lending as well. Um, and we do talk in my system a little bit about how to acquire private lenders as well, because um, they're a really, really good resource to find money, obviously, sure, sure. Um, to fund your deals. And so um, we're, we're doing a ton right now. It's just crazy. Right. Um, and I really like, and the thing that's interesting that, that, that we're finding by doing a lot of buy and flip is the fact that we're building a huge buyer's list. So as I acquire the next property, I've already got most of my buyers in place or a good idea who the buyer is going to be for a particular property. So now they're turning even more quickly than they were before. Good, good. All right. Will you talk about what do you do, Kathy, when the calls come in? Only 10% do call, but I'm assuming when that call comes in, that's a pretty valuable lead, right? Yes, Absolutely. And so basically, we ask them all the questions, you know, that, that we want to know. But do, um, to do the calls come in live or do they go to voicemail? How do you do that? They, sometimes they come in voicemail and sometimes they come in live. And it, our voicemail, actually, you know, if you're calling because you received a letter from us, please leave your name, your phone number, and the information that we asked for, and one of us will call you back as soon as we can. That's simple. Yeah. It's that simple. And they do. They leave because I've already told them what to do in the letter, and they do it. So it's, and like I said, I started recall, recording those calls so when I'm out at live events, they can hear what that sounds like and what the kinds of responses that we're getting. Um, and then when I get a response from a seller and they, they've given me the information and I've got some photographs, then I go in and I do the research. You know, I figure out what that property, you know, is valued at, how much homes in that area are selling for, you know, by the square foot. Um, generally I have a pretty good idea of the rehab the property needs. I will at that point, if I decide, Hey, there's definitely enough equity here that I could definitely, you know, do a deal with the seller. Then at that point, I'm going to call the seller and get a little bit more information about what kind of rehab the home needs, what they're really asking for price wise. Um, and if I feel that I'm about three quarters of the way to the deal and we're pretty agreed on where our price is going to be at that point, one of us will go out and look at it. Okay. But generally, when I, when I, when I, by the time I go look at a house, I'm pretty well positive I'm putting it under contract. It's rare that I go out, you know, it, it, unless I find something where they just really lied and, and it wasn't, you know, and didn't tell me the truth or it's just like really horrible or something or well, completely functionally obsolete or whatever. I'm, by the time I get to that property, I've, I've already done the deal. 
So what kind of average or how long does that whole process kind of take before you actually call them back and make an offer and try to feel them out on the phone? The last, the last one that I did was two weeks. Believe this was an estate, and she needed to close quickly. Um, two weeks from the day I got her letter to the day we closed. Okay, so but it Mike, was two weeks. But again, um, how like when a lead comes in, how quickly do you call that seller back? Um, we follow up immediately if the yeah. deal looks like it's a good deal. And I mean, folks, let me give you the best piece of advice I will give you through this whole phone call. You cannot steal in slow motion. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. I'm just saying, if you have a really, really good deal, you can't sit, have it sit on your desk and go, oh, I'll get to that in a few days. Yep. If you've got a deal that looks really good, get on it right now. The deal that I just closed on, it was two weeks from the day that I met with the ladies to the day we closed. At the closing table, she told me, she said, I met with her on a Sunday afternoon, and I don't generally do that because my weekends you know, my Sundays at least are kind of important to me, and I don't usually do Sundays. Um, but I met with her on a Sunday afternoon. We put the house under contract. We closed two weeks later. And at the closing table, she said, yeah, she goes, Monday afternoon, she goes, this lady, this friend of mine called, and, and she wanted to see the house because she really, you know, because she went to church with her, and she said, you know, she goes to church with me, and we were talking about it on Sunday, and then Monday she called me and said that she wanted to come out and see the property, you know, make me an offer, and we already had it under contract. So you've got to move. If you've got a deal that's a good deal, you've got to move. Yeah, very um, important. So that's really, really important. So if I've got a deal on my desk that has come in as a response from a seller and it looks like a really good deal, it's not sitting on my desk. It's going to get responded to immediately. Good. All right. Now talk a little bit about your follow-up. You have sellers that probably aren't ready to sell yet. Maybe they call, they're just interested, they're tire kickers. What do you do with sellers that aren't ready to sell yet and do you follow up with them at all oh absolutely joe i gotta tell you this is another gem if they hear nothing else um you have to follow up with semi-motivated sellers if a seller tells you oh no not today um gee i'm not sure oh uh, can i think about it are you out of your mind? I can't accept that offer. All they're saying is, no, not today, but could you continue to follow up with me until I change my mind? <laughs> That's all they're saying. Yep. So, yes, we have a very, very specific follow-up system in place. Um, one follow-up system for those who have computers, we simply use an autoresponder system. And as you know, Joe, that's so simple. You put it in once and it's automated. It, it just does the follow-up for you, and we do that every 30 days. We set it to follow up every 30 days. And basically, it just it's a simple email that says, hey, um, you know, hey, it's Kathy again. Um, just wanted to remind you when you're ready to sell, we're ready to buy. Just that simple. And then for those who don't have computers, we use a postcard system for that. So we always use postcards for the follow-up. And it's very same thing. Um, hey, it's Kathy again. Just wanted to let you know that when you're interested in selling your home, we're certainly interested in buying and be sure, you know, and make sure that you give us a call. Just real simple like that. That's all it is. Yeah. And those, I got it, four, probably 40% of the total deals that we do, Joe, come from the follow-up. 40%. That is 40 huge. 40% of our total deals come from the follow-up. Because I, I, I know what people are thinking, Kathy. They heard you say you're only sending 1,100 letters per month and you're doing, what, yeah. eight, 8 to 12 deals a month. They're yeah, thinking, a, uh, that doesn't compute, but this is why. It Be does. It's the follow-up. Yes. Joe, it's a machine. If you put, and, and you know this, if you put your direct mail marketing in place, you know, you put the key in the motor and you start the engine, 
the, the machine is going to run, and the machine just continues to churn out deal after deal after deal after deal. Um, and the follow-up is urgently important. It really, really is. If I had all the deals that other investors threw in the trash can, I would have more deals than I could that, that could last me a lifetime, seriously, because people are throwing away good deals. Um, this yeah. one gentleman that we, that we followed up with, we bought the house from him three months ago. I bought the house three months ago for the same price that I offered him a year ago when I first met with him. And in the meantime, he updated the electrical, he had it termite treated, and he put new carpeting in the house. Thank you, Mr. Seller. Yeah, exactly. You know, so the, the, the follow-up is just really, 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 really important. I say, um, the, and, and you can't steal this, Kathy. Okay. Unless I got it from you, and then you can steal it. <laughs> okay. The, there's the three M's to success, right? Marketing, momentum, and mentor, right? It all starts with marketing. We're in the That's marketing right. business. Right? But the momentum piece in this thing is so critically important. I think that's going to be – anybody that's successful in this business understands that momentum from follow-up. From, and I've also heard it said, you know, no means not yet. Right. So when the seller says exactly. no, it just means they're not ready yet. They're going to sell Correct. sometime. They're going to sell it to somebody sometime later on down the road. Maybe 20 years, but they will. So the key to this is follow up. And once you start, when you're consistently doing this market, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I, I think I'm right. When you're consistently doing this marketing every week and you're consistently following up every month, like what you're talking about here. That momentum just starts growing and growing and getting bigger exactly. and bigger and bigger. And then you'll start getting calls from a letter you sent three months ago. Or you'll start getting responses back in the mail from that seller that just received your sixth postcard of your follow-up campaign or your tenth email. Right. And it just it's like magic that maybe that's the fourth M. And you do those three things. Yeah, the, there you it, go. The, it becomes magic because that it almost becomes hard not to do a deal. If you're consistently yep. every week sending out that marketing and doing that follow-up, what would you say to that? Am I right? Oh, you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll tell you a really quick goofy story about that. Had a lady, this has been a year or so ago, had a lady call us one day and she says, you're going to buy my house. That was yeah. her first words out of her mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, um, tell me about your situation. And she says, you're going to buy my house. It was like, okay, dummy, ask the right question. Okay, so why am I going to buy your house? And she said, well, I do things in threes, and I've now been contacted by you three times, wow. and you're going to buy my house. She ended up deeding us the house for the balance of her mortgage. <laughs> Seriously, so the follow-up is just huge. It really is. Right. I mean, um, we've also had, we also tell them, you know, please hold on to our letter um, until you're ready to sell. We've had heirs find our letters in a drawer and call us. Wow. Well, you know, um, I heard that, a story. This hasn't happened to me, but I've heard a story of a, um, a friend of mine in one of my masterminds. He sent a letter to a seller, and a year or two later, I don't remember, he gets this phone call from a church and says, well, you know, this lady, uh, we, I, I'm trying to get the story correctly. They were saying the... You sent. You probably don't remember, but you sent a letter to a lady about a year or two ago about buying her house. She passed away. She deeded the house over to the church, and the church was going through her house files. 
And the letter said on there, keep this letter in case you ever change your mind and decide to sell your house. They, she kept the letter in the folder. They were going through yeah. the folder and they called that investor back and said, are you still interested in buying this house? He bought it and did a deal, did, made really, really good money on it. But that's, yeah. that just goes back to um, telling the sellers what to do in those letters. They, they'll do it. Exactly. And they will follow up later on. Yeah. Good, good. So um, the, the lady, the lady with that, that had gotten the follow-up letters from us with the three letters, yeah. when we actually got to the home to do the deal, she had them, um, she had like a, a memo board over the top, on, on the top of the mantle on her fireplace, and the, all three letters were pinned up on, the, on this <laughs> little cork board that she had on top of the mantle of That's the fireplace. Awesome. It was just <laughs> so, you know, Kathy, a lot of people are doing direct mail, though, you know? Florida is a real competitive market. There's a lot of investors there doing deals, and I'm sure you hear it from your students. Um, you know, it's, it's just so competitive. It, my market is different than yours. Um, my market is really hot right now. There's, it's really hard to find deals. Every seller I talk to says you're crazy, no way. So, what would you say to that? Somebody who is kind of the yeah butters. What do you say to the yeah butters? All they're doing is procrastinating and not doing it just because they don't want to. Um, I actually had one of my own students, this fella in Seattle that I was telling you about earlier. That's how our coaching started. Uh-huh. Everybody out here is doing it. It doesn't work. I've been mailing this other yell, this other letter, you know, and I, I'm basically just telling them, hey, I want to buy your house at. I said, well, the first thing I need you to do is throw that in the garbage and start doing direct mail campaigns the way I am trying to get you to do your direct mail campaigns. The first thing that you have to understand is that there is competition in everything that we do. However, there's not really any competition. You're going to get somebody who's going to mail a letter once and never mail it again. Mm-hmm. Because as you and I both know, there, you know, there, there, are, there are investors out there who don't follow up, who are not consistent. They're not doing the mailings the way they should. Even if they are, every person is doing a different neighborhood, a different mailer, you know, a different area. They're wanting a different type of a deal. Um, so really everybody is, is, is targeting a slightly different area, seller, zip code, you know, whatever that is. I've got, I've got 14 different mailings that I pick from, so my students have a lot that they can choose from when they're doing my mailings. Yeah. Um, they're not honing hard enough. They're not honing in deeply enough to find the really motivated sellers. When I finally got my, my gentleman in Seattle turned around, and he started doing direct mail campaigns the way I asked him to. Within three weeks, I got a, t- a letter from him that said, oh, my gosh, Kathy, I had no idea. I'm getting more responses now than I ever got before. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so part of it is, you know, there, there's a lot of investors out there. Many of them are not consistent. And the ones who are, they're, they're, they're targeting, a, you know, a certain seller in a certain area, and maybe you're doing a different type of a seller, you're looking for a different deal in a different area. So, um, you know, there's just not, there really isn't a lot of competition. There really isn't. You know, if you put, if you put 30 investors in the same area and tell all 30 of them, okay, all, you know, in, a, in, a, in one county, for example, I mean, you know how many different parts there are of just one county? Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, there's just, there really isn't. <laughs> Well, and one thing your competition isn't doing is following up and calling these sellers right. back immediately. And, and exactly. th- your competition is going in slow motion. And yeah, yeah, I was going to say your competition is between your ears, really. Yeah. 
Well, and I think too, it's important to realize is you, they're, they're, that seller may be getting a lot of postcards, but right. if I bet you anything, I bet you a glass of iced tea. If you were to call 75% of those postcards, you would never even ever talk to anybody. You, you might leave a voicemail and you might hear back from them three, four days later. That's just the way it is. If you can answer the phones, if you can call sellers back and follow up with them, you already are light years ahead of your competition. Absolutely. Um, and I've done that. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes um, I'll get a letter. I, I, I personally get letters from my own competition in my own area all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. I call the number. I'm sorry, this number is disconnected. Or yeah. <laughs> seriously, because what happens is that, that and, and this is something that's really, really important about being consistent. If you are going to start doing direct mail the way that I, that Joe and I are talking about, folks, you need to get really, really serious about it. So you need to get an address where people can respond to you a year from now. You need to get an email address that you are solid with. You need to get a phone number that you are solid with. Joe, I've had the same post office address, which is a post office box, and we've tested and tested and tested. makes no difference at all because, folks, what's going to happen is you're going to find a really awesome deal, and you're going to want to move into it, and that's perfectly okay with me. So that's why you know a post office address works great because it's always consistent. It's always the same address. You've got to have the same email address. Half of the investors that I know of, they change their email addresses like they change their socks. Yeah. Um, how can you be consistent? How can you be, you know, getting getting emails and and responses from sellers six months from now or a year from now if you've changed your phone number, your address, and your email thirteen times? <laughs> it doesn't well work. Well said. That's just another really really important point that they need to write down and absorb. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the reasons, too, Kathy, why you're doing so many deals is you're not just a one-size-fits-all trick pony. You offer multiple offers to sellers. Am I right? I mean, you have multiple ways to buy properties. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and a lot of times, if sometimes sellers will contact us and they will say, um, please make your offer by mail. I don't want to talk to you. Here <laughs> is that they really do that. They really do that. Um, and so one of the things that we do is even when we respond to them by mail, we will give them multiple offers in that in in our response, um, you know. And I do that even when I'm talking to them on the telephone. I kind of feel them out, um, feel them out, find out what their situation is. Um, shut your mouth and listen to your seller. You know, Good. let them tell you and hear between the lines what they're trying to tell you, and 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 give them the same way that I give them multiple ways to contact me. We also give them multiple offers so that they have the option to pick what works for the best for them. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are the multiple offers you send? Well, for example, we can we can take a property subject to the mortgage. Um, we can take a pro if there's a lot of equity. We can take it subject to a mortgage, and we can pay them some of the equity at the time that we sell the property. We can take a property from a seller on a lease option. We can pay them all cash now, but it's going to be less. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that we can custom that, customize that deal to meet that particular seller's needs. Yeah. If they own the property free and clear without a mortgage, we give them various options on how they can own or finance it for us um, in a way that's the most comfortable for them. Now, do you have a simple dirt, I'm not dirt cheap, uh, a simple way to, down and dirty is what I was trying to say. Do you have a simple down and dirty way to just come up with those offers really quickly? Do you have a 
spreadsheet or you just figure it out on paper? How do you come up with those offers? Well, I kind of know them in in my head now. But in the earlier days, um, I used the credibility kit that I created. So one day I actually sat down and, and made myself a cheat sheet of the various types of offers that I might want to make, and I included that with my credibility kit. Um, let me just make it, so, and so that's the way that I do that. So I kind of know those offers off the top of my head. But if we have a newer student, they might want to use that cheat sheet that's in that credibility kit. Okay. So that's just another idea. What I was going to say is if you are making an offer to someone on the phone or you're responding to a letter, to that, you know, with that, with that, um, that the seller sent you. One of the things that you want to do, which a lot of folks don't, and this is really, really important. Again, you have to understand these sellers have no idea who you are. They have no idea if you're legit. They have no idea if you're the real deal. And maybe they've gotten contacts from a couple of other investors. So when I get ready to make, to respond to that seller or make that offer to them, I give them what I call a mini credibility kit. And basically, it's just a short sheet of paper that basically said, you know, that basically says, here are some folks that you can call to check us out. Here's the title company that I use. Um, here, you know, here's a private lender that I use. Here's my, the attorney that I use. Here's my real estate attorney. And let me tell you, in eight out of 10 cases, they're calling and checking you out. So you're sending them something in the mail? Yes. Or, or if I'm talking to them on the phone, I'm going to give it to them on the phone. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, the lady, the lady that we closed on two weeks ago, I found out on Monday when my title lady called because my title lady and my real estate attorneys are in the same office. And she said, yeah, I just want to let you know, uh, she called everybody. I was like, good, because they know. I mean, all of what we've done is we've developed a dream team. We work with the same crew every single time. So I have the same insurance person, the same title company, the same inspection services, the same uh, real estate attorneys, you know, the same, the same, the same for every single deal we do. And the same private lenders. And the private lenders get phone calls, and they expect it, and wow. they know it. They know it happens. And so they, yeah, I work with her a lot. We loan her money all the time. You know, if you're doing a deal with her, feel comfortable that it's going to go down just the way you expect. And so that's another important point that a lot of others. So, so if a seller got responses from three different investors and you gave them a list of referrals and they called them, I guarantee you you're going to get the deal instead of those other two because they've had, they've had a chance to check out your credibility. So this is, what if a seller is not that motivated yet? Are you still going to send them an offer in the mail and a credibility kit in the mail? Or is that just to, to people that you're actually sending a, a real offer to? Does that make sense? Those are people that we're sending a real offer to. Um, if they're just not sure, they don't know, I'm going to put them in that follow-up file and they'll stay in that follow-up file until they change their mind. Okay. That's a great idea though, sending them a list of referrals. Yep. Are you, um, are you a member of the Better Business Bureau? Do you put that in any of your referrals? I am not. It doesn't okay. make it, in 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 my world in the real estate investing. It doesn't seem to make a difference one way or the other. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying for us, it doesn't seem to make a difference one way or the other. What what my sellers care about is can I close the deal? Yeah. And so I give them the referrals that are important to them. My lenders, the title person, um, the real estate attorney. You know, people that they can call and and count on to give them the information that they need as to whether or not um, we can close. And believe me, Joe, it happens a lot. Um, these folks, we have found as time has gone on that people are more and more suspicious and they're getting more letters and things like that. And so sending that, that little referral sheet just is 
upping the number of deals that we're doing. So we're simply stealing deals from our competitors all day long by having that one extra little tool in place. So that's another gem on your call today. That's very, very good advice. I've never done that before, sending a list of references. Uh, and they absolutely will call and check you out. They want to know if you can close. They want to know if you're the real deal. Very good. I do have, a, I am a part of the Better Business Bureau and I get a lot of people that search me and look for me there. Um, so I know it's true that people do background searches. I mean, they want to find out who you are and see if there's any complaints against you. And if you could have an attorney, uh, an agent, a hard money lender, a private lender, insurance agent... Yep. That's really, really good advice. Maybe even a property manager that you work with. Absolutely. That would be good. Yeah, we give, them, we give them the property manager as well. Okay, so kind of as we tie this up, Kathy, can you talk about what are some mistakes that people need to be aware of, things to be careful of, mistakes to avoid for somebody who wants to start doing more direct mail, starts, wants to start focusing more into that? What are some common mistakes that people make? Okay, the, the most common mistake that people make straight up front is mailing a postcard instead of a letter. Um, when you mail a postcard, you cannot give your seller enough information. You cannot, you know, tell them how you want them to follow up with you. There's just not enough space there. And people sort their, their mail, you know, over the trash can. Hmm. When you send them a letter, um, the way that we send them and their hand addressed and all that kind of stuff, they're curious. You know, oh, who's that from? And they're going to open that letter and look at it. We will also use lumpy mail sometimes. And when I use lumpy mail, Joe, I use a flat pen in my, in my letters because they've got this response mechanism in there. Now they've got the pen right in their hand to fill out the information I want. And they're going to open the letter because they want to know what's in there. Um, so that's just another, uh, just another idea to get your letters opened even more and more quickly. Good. Um, so that would be one thing. Not being consistent, that's a huge one. Um, getting the letters out there. Not using the right list brokers, that's another real mistake that, that I hear my students making. They're using lists that are old, that are not reputable, that sort of thing. And I cover that really extensively in my system um, because the, the value of the list is huge when you're doing direct mail the way that we do it. Um, mm -hmm. so, so the consistency, using the right letter, using the right list. The follow-up, that is huge, as you and I both know. Um, so those would be the biggest mistakes. It's just And responding, I remember when I was a, a newbie beginner and I would get this response on my desk and, well, that really looks like a deal. Oh, I'll call them later because yeah. I was afraid to talk to the seller. Um, yeah, yeah. Talk to the seller. <laughs> That's one of the biggest mistakes I hear because the longer that, that letter sits on your desk, you know, you want to get that seller when they're hot and heavy and ready to sell right now. They just responded to that letter, you know, so if, if, you, if it looks like a good deal, get on it and get it done. So that's the biggest, probably the biggest mistake, too, is, is just not responding to the sellers. That's probably a lot more common than people realize. And that's why, as we were talking about before, a lot of the mail that sellers get are from beginning investors. And right. they're, they're taking their time, they're taking their sweet old time calling that seller back I have a yep. client in a very uh, huge market in the southern part of the United States. He wishes to remain anonymous because he works for a big corporation. <laughs> He's done like 22, 23 deals in the last four or five months. And uh, he's in a very big market, trust me, and it's competitive, right? And he was telling me the other day, Joe, I, I thought I was in a competitive market, but I'm really not. 
He says, I'm not sending a ton of mail. I'm just sending, I think he's sending out about 700 to 1,000 postcards a week. All right. He said, but guess what? I, I'm taking my, now they're going to voicemail. He's calling them back within minutes. Right. But he talks to sellers and they're like, no one, no one else calls me back. I get lots of mail. You're the only one who answers your yeah. phone. You're the only yeah. one that calls me back. And he follows up with them. He's very personal. He's a real company. They check him out. So that's, that's so important. So again, I'm just going to review these common mistakes that a lot of people make. Uh, they're sending, they're not sending letters or sending postcards. And I, I think I've always done really well with postcards and maybe I could do better with letters. I've not given it a chance and I should test it and I will. I'm going to well, start. The other part, the, I'm sorry. The other part of that, Joe, between the letters and the postcards is the fact that when the letter comes back, it's pre-screened. So that's yeah. taking a whole nother obstacle and a whole nother step out of the equation for you. Yeah. So you've, that's the big one is the, the fact that it's pre-screened when the response comes in. Well, I'm okay. okay I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start. T- I'm not giving up on postcards yet, but I am going to start sending letters and uh, I've seen your letters are really good. Okay. So that's number one, not sending. How about this? Not sending the right mails, not sending mail that works. And, and if you don't believe Kathy, then you, you just got to test it. Bottom line. And don't, don't take our word for it. Don't take my word for it that postcards work better or Kathy's letters work better. Just test it yourself and, and you'll find out for yourself what works. That's number one. Number two, not being consistent for sure. Not having as I like to give my students a scorecard that tracks every day, every week, how much marketing they're yeah. going to do, how many sellers are going to talk to, how many offers they're going to make. And, and, and if you can start being consistent with that every week, every month, you, that momentum is going to start building and you're going to start doing two to three deals a week, only sending 1,100 postcards or letters a month, right? Number three, Absolutely. not getting the right list or not using the right list broker. And number four, not following up. Kind of is related to consistency, but just it is different. And I think number five, not responding quickly enough when the sellers call. That's really good. Absolutely. Good, good. Anything else you want to add? I was just going to say, it's just, it's just really important to get it done. Um, even when I'm working with my coaching students, um, and you kind of referred to this, how many letters did we send this week? Ah, uh, well, you know, I had this come up, and I had that come up, and, and I had this come up, and I had that come up. <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I teach is get the minutia out of your lives and get this stuff into somebody else's hands very quickly. And so I teach them how to get somebody else doing the work for them. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. The more quickly they can get that part of the business in someone else's hands, the more deals they're going to start to make. So, um, and so I give, you know, and so we, use, we have a variety of different ways to get the work done. They can do it themselves, which is the last one. Um, they can hire someone to do the work for them. They can do, use one of the companies to, to do the mailings for them. So there's a lot of different ways to get the work done. Yeah. Biggest thing, they got to get the work done. Yeah. And it, it's not that hard. It really isn't. Well, Kathy, this has been a great interview. They, they, there, there is a very good reason why they call you the direct marketing magic lady. Um, is that right? Is it direct marketing it's marketing magic lady. Marketing magic lady. <laughs> the marketing magic lady. <laughs> and I remember too, Kathy, when we were first. This is three years ago. Man, time flies. I, know, I remember I putting. Three. I remember putting a post on Facebook saying, "Hey, we need more women on the show," 
And I, we got a dozen, couple dozen responses. And you were the most requested woman in all of those responses. Get Kathy on the line. Get Kathy. And uh, this stuff, I'm just, I'm really glad to see, even in your business, the consistency. You've been doing this for years and years and years. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why you haven't retired yet, because you're just having too much fun. We are. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are. Well, fortunately. Yeah. Um, Hey, it's really great to get up in the morning and love what you do. It is. It is. And to to do it from anywhere in the world as well. I mean, you could Yeah. You're you're buying homes all over Florida. You're helping yep. students do deals all over the United States. Here we are in, in Prague. We've been here for 3 months. We're doing deals in three different markets. That's uh, so St. Cool. Louis, um Pinellas County, Florida, and now Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. And it's it's fun. It's a great time. I, I couldn't agree with you more when you said earlier, there's not a better time than right now to invest in real estate. And I would have said the same thing three years ago <laughs> on our last interview. It's, it's like every time, you're no matter whether the market's going up or down or it's hot or cold, direct mail works. Oh, absolutely. And, and what was really funny back, th- back in, you know, like even before our last interview when we went through that whole period of time where everybody was doing pre-foreclosures and short sales and all mm-hmm. of that, yeah. we continued to keep our engine running and our machine continued to churn out deals with, real, with regular sellers. We were doing more deals because everybody was so busy competing for all of those pre-foreclosures yeah. that we were just taking all those other sellers for ourselves. Yeah. So no matter what your real estate market is doing, direct mail creates a long-term source of leads and a long-term source of income for you. Very good. Now, you guys have been hearing Kathy talk about her students. You've been hearing her talk about her course. Uh, I don't know anybody else who has a more thorough, complete system for direct mail than what Kathy has. And that's why I've asked her to come on the show again. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to get a hold of Kathy. Kathy, what is your website? How can people get a hold of you? My website is www.marketingmagiclady.com. So it's www.marketingmagiclady.com. Or they can call our office directly as well, 941-792-5390. And when they go to the website, there's lots of great information there. There are uh, interviews that I've done. There are articles on there. Um, you know, all my, my different courses. It's the marketing magic system that they are looking for with regard to the direct mail. Um, yeah. And it works. <laughs> and guys, if you, if, when you're talking to Kathy, when you go to her website or call her office, make sure you tell her that you heard about her on this podcast. and She'll take special care of you, give you a great deal. But I'm telling you guys, this is well worth your investment. The amount of time and money that you'll save in bad responses and bad lists and chasing the wrong kinds of sellers will more than make up for the cost of the system. It is an investment. And it's it's super important. It's really, really critical. It's just going to help you get there faster. Absolutely. I really believe that. Um, so again, marketing okay. marketingmagiclady.com. What were you going to say, Kathy? I was going to say, you, you reminded me, if they use, when they, when they invest in my system, um, when they make that purchase, if they use promo code MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C, I have created a special discount for them just for you. So um, oh, have them use the promo code MAGIC. Excellent. All right. And your phone number one more time, Kathy, for those that are driving. 941-792-5390. Excellent. And that will reach your office. That's not your cell phone, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> you, you, I'm hoping that uh, you're not on the phone all day long with people calling you because I know you're going to get a lot of people interested in this. And well, I, I got to tell you, I am so glad that you invited me on the call. You have no idea how much good input I hear about you all over the country, everywhere oh. I go. You know, I heard you on Joe McCall three years ago, which is, you know that, that was one of the reasons I was really excited that you, you invited me back on the call again was um, because I've just been hearing so much good input about you and your podcast. So whatever you know, folks, you've got to appreciate Joe and everything that he does because um, you really do a super job, and, and that's all I hear everywhere I go. So. That's that's awesome, Kathy. Thank you. And let's not wait another three years before our next call. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do it sooner than that. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, good, good. So, guys, if you want to get the show notes, the transcription of this podcast, if you want to get the links that we talked about, uh, the link to episode 31 where we interviewed Kathy before, you can get that all at the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And if you want more information about Kathy, go to marketingmagiclady.com. Make sure you mention that you heard about her on the podcast. She'll give you a good deal and uh, take good care of you. Hey, thanks again, Kathy. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It was awesome. It's always really great working with you. Good, thanks. So guys, listen, if you like the show, leave a review in iTunes, please. If you don't like the show, leave us a review in iTunes. Let us know what you think. Let us know and subscribe in iTunes. We really appreciate that. The more downloads we get, we've been seeing an incredible increase lately in our downloads. It's been really cool to see. And we've got listeners in over 160 different countries. It's so much fun. I enjoy doing this. And I want to hear from you guys that uh, you like the show as well. I know for Alex, Alex couldn't be on the call today, but we do appreciate the feedback and the comments that we get on the websites and in iTunes itself. And uh, we hope to see you guys soon at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Take care, Kathy. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.